We are on Ksubis Nun Aleph on Mabez 51b at the very bottom, the very last line, as our Gemara continues to expound upon the Mishnah and to add on to the Mishnah. As we had in the Mishnah from the, the first Amud, from Nun Aleph Amud Aleph, uh, the Mishnah was discussed uh, the language that is written in the Ksuba. Uh, we know that there's an obligation for the Baal, for the husband, to... Uh, to redeem his wife if she's taken into captivity. And the Mishnah mentioned that that depending on um, who the Baal is, who the husband is, so then that would impact the language of the Ksuba, meaning if it's the wife of a Kohen, so then he still has an obligation to redeem her, but she's going back home because they're not allowed to stay married. We are concerned that maybe, uh, God forbid, that she was raped. Uh, and then she they would have to get divorced. However... If it is the wife of a Yisrael, so then they are allowed to stay married. So, and then therefore the language of the Ksuba is that uh, he would have to redeem her, uh, and they stay married. Uh, so, because of the different languages, depending on whether the husband is a Kohen or Yisrael, our Gemara now has the following discussion: uh, If it's a Kohen, so then um, would there be an, uh, would there be an obligation to redeem for him to redeem his wife? In scenarios and other scenarios where um, there are other reasons for us to say that they they cannot stay married, um, what would be what if it was not just the fact that she was taken into captivity? Let's say there's other external reasons as to um, why they should get divorced, which we will explain in a minute. So then, when it comes to the wife of a Kohen, uh, do we say that he still has an obligation to? Redeem her because, in the end of the day, anyways, every single time that the wife of a, the the Cohen redeems his wife, uh, they're not allowed to stay. They're not allowed to stay married afterwards. Or do we say that no? That the only time he has an obligation to redeem her, even though they're going to get divorced shortly thereafter, is specifically in a case where she's taken into captivity because the captivity itself is the reason why they're not allowed to stay married. It's because of the concern that maybe she was raped while she was uh, taken into captivity. But let's say if it's for some other external reason. Well, let's just give one reason for now. Let's say it's a an illicit relationship. It's an illegal relationship. The Torah says that they're not, they're not allowed to be married. For example, let's say we're talking about an almana, a widow to a Kohen Gadol, to the high priest, or uh, someone who's divorced to a Kohen. So that marriage is not uh, is not allowed. It, it's, it's recognized as a marriage. Illegally, it is recognized as a marriage. But they have to get divorced. And so let's say they, for whatever reason, they did not get divorced, they didn't get divorced, she's taken into captivity. So does the Kohen have an obligation to redeem his wife? Um, in general, whenever we have these situations where um, where uh, the it, it's, a, it's not accepted, it's a, it's a marriage which is not accepted according to the Torah, however, there are various marriages where it's legally recognized, meaning it's recognized as marriage, even though it's uh, the Torah says it's not allowed. There's certain marriages where it's totally not recognized. It, w- it wouldn't even work if if the couple were to attempt to get married. But there are other marriages where it is recognized, even though the Torah says it's not allowed. So what happens with the ksuba? So before we even get into uh, this particular obligation of redeeming the the wife when she's taken into captivity, what about the other aspects of the ksuba? So the general rule is, and this is, will come up uh, later on in this Masechta, in this tractate, is that 
any obligations that have to do with that they'll stay keep them married, like um, the husband having to 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 provide sustenance or um, paying the doctor's fees, that doesn't apply because anything that has to do with continuation of the marriage that would not apply. Uh, but anything that that any obligations that exist outside of the context of the marriage, uh, so then that does apply. So here it's about redeeming her. Well, redeeming her will then. Uh, they're not staying married. They're not allowed to stay married anyway. So he, he maybe he has an obligation in, in a regular case where she's taken into captivity. He redeems her, and then they get divorced if, if the husband is a Kohen. So does that apply in this case as well or not? Do, do we put this into the category of certain obligations which exist post the marriage after they after they uh, after they get divorced? Because anything that has to do with within the marriage and sustaining the marriage, so those obligations do not apply because the Torah says. This type of marriage is not allowed. Uh, but what about with regards to uh, taken, being taken into captivity? So this will be a dispute, as we will see, between Abaye and Rava. So let's see the Gemara. Amar Abaye. Amar al-Kohen gadol chayv levdoso shani koraba b'kohenes ahadrinech l'medinasech. Mamzeres v'nesina l'Yisrael. Eno chayv levdoso shani koraba v'sevinech l'into. Abaye is of the opinion that when it comes to a marriage which is not reckon, which is not allowed, the Torah says, this is not allowed. A widow to the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, or a divorcee to a regular Kohen. Uh, so, uh, Abai is of the opinion that he still has an obligation to redeem her because in the end of the day, it fits the language which says that after I redeem you, after the husband redeems her, so then she returns back home to her parents' home. She, um, they, they, they don't stay married. So that's fine because this is, they have to get divorced anyways. So in this case... The same would apply. However, if it's a case where it's not a Kohen, but it's Yisrael, and Yisrael has a marriage which is recognized as a legal marriage, but it's not allowed, let's say Yisrael marrying a woman who is a mamzer, so in that case, Abai would be of the opinion that there is no obligation to redeem her because it doesn't fit. The language is that I I will redeem you and then we'll stay married. Uh, But they can't stay married. The the Torah says they're not allowed to stay married. So Abai says... It works for a, for a calling. There is an obligation for Israel. There is no obligation. Rava argues. Rava Amar. No. Kol Rava argues and says that no. If the reason for them having to get divorced is has nothing to do with being taken into captivity, uh, so then there is no obligation to redeem her. So in, in this case of, uh, let's say, the Cohen who's married to somebody who's divorced, so... Uh, the reason why they have to get divorced, uh, the reason why they have to get divorced is because it's, it's, it's a marriage which is not allowed according to the Torah. So if that's the case, so then that, the reason why they have to get divorced is not because she was taken into captivity, they had to get divorced before she was taken into captivity. So Rav says, if it's because, purely because of being taken into captivity, so then there's an obligation for the Kohen to divor- to redeem his wife and then divorce her. But if, if the reason for, uh, for the, the, the marriage having to end has nothing to do with being taken into captivity. It existed before she was taken into captivity, so then he does not have an obligation to redeem her. He just has to divorce her because the whole thing wasn't uh, really acceptable according to the Torah. Now, it is interesting, I'll just point this out, there's a discussion amongst the commentators. What happens if, let's say, regular Cohen is married to a woman, she's taken into captivity, and we know, not, not that she was raped, but she willingly had sexual relations with the people who took her into captivity. Willingly. And we know this. We know this. Not like uh, the last class, where we don't know. In this case, we know that she did it willingly. She committed adultery with 
her captors. So there's a discussion, according to Rava, we follow the position of Rava, that says that anything which is external uh, to being taken into captivity, and that's the reason why they have to get divorced, so then there is no obligation on the husband to redeem her. Well, what about this? This is, the, this is like an in-between case, because uh, the outside of captivity, there's no reason why they would have to get divorced. It's only because she was taken as a captive. Well, now that she was taken as a captive, the concern is not just that she was raped, which is uh, terrible, um, and, but, and then they would have to get divorced, but we know that she, this was done willingly. She actively uh, committed and, and intentionally committed adultery. So in that case, is this viewed as davar acher, as Rava puts it, as something external to the captivity, or is it part of the captivity, and therefore he would have an obligation to redeem her? That is a discussion amongst the uh, the commentators on the Shulchan Aruch. Anyways, the Gemara now wants to say, this is a, a dispute between Abai and Rava. We follow the position of Rava to say that he does not have, the Kohen does not have an obligation to redeem her if uh, there are reasons outside of uh, outside of being taken into captivity as to why they would have to get divorced. The Gemara wants to know, well, what about the following case? Maybe we could say Abai and Rava is really a dispute, a different, a similar dispute to the dispute that exists between two rabbis from the Mishnah. Abai and Rava are rabbis from the Gemara, from the time period of the Gemara. And Lehmikitanai, maybe they are parallel to two opinions that are, and differing opinions that are found in uh, the time period of the Mishnah. And we, we will see those cases, just, but just as a little bit of background, uh, the case is essentially a case where uh, a husband says that I no longer, he takes a neder, he takes an oath that he does not allow his wife to get any benefit from him. Well, if he makes such an oath, they have to get divorced. It's not a, it's, they cannot stay married. It is uh, a cause for divorce. They would have to get divorced. So he does this in the middle of the marriage. So now they have to get divorced. So the Gemara will discuss what happens if she, he, he makes this, uh, he says this, and and then she's taken into captivity. So does he have an obligation to redeem her or not? Because they, the, the Torah tells us that they have to get divorced. Uh, right? Hashem saying, you have to get divorced. Um, so, so is this a case where uh, the husband would have an obligation to, uh, to redeem his wife or not? Now, we will see at the very end of the Gemara that the reason why this is might be a slightly different case than the case of, let's say, uh, a Kohen marrying somebody who's divorced or a Yisrael marrying a Mamzer. Uh, the reason why this is slightly different is because at the beginning of the marriage, from the onset of the marriage, there was no problem with this marriage. At the time of the writing of the Ksuba, there was absolutely no problem with this marriage. And the only time where something changed was when the husband decided to take this oath to say that uh, his wife cannot get any benefit from him. Uh, but until that point in time, it's it, it's a halakhically recognized marriage. They could stay married. Uh, there's no problem with their marriage. And so therefore, the question will ultimately become, this is a slightly different case, because ultimately the question will become, well, uh, what do we go based on? Do we go based on the time of the writing of the Ksuba? At the time of the writing of the Ksuba, they were allowed to stay married, and therefore the reason why they have to get divorced, let's say if she's taken into captivity and she's married to a Kohen, is only because she was taken into captivity, or... Do we say that? No. Whether or not he has an obligation to redeem her is not, doesn't depend on the conditions and the situation at the time that they wrote the Ksuba, but it's at the time that she was actually taken into captivity, perhaps. Uh, so let's let's see all of this inside. That's the general outline. But let us say the Gemara first wants to suggest that this dispute between Abai and Rava is really a dispute between Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Lezer says, if, uh, if uh, they're, per- they're happily married and then all of a sudden the husband says that his wife cannot get any benefit from anything that he has, so they have to get divorced. But however, 
He's then taken into, she's then taken into captivity. Rebelezer says, the husband has an obligation to redeem her. Uh, even though they have to get divorced right afterwards, he has an obligation to redeem her. Now, we don't know yet if we're talking about a Kohen, if the husband's a Kohen, or if the husband is a Yisrael. We'll get there. But we don't know yet. Rabbi Yeshua says, no, he has no obligation to redeem her because, seemingly because, uh, since uh, they would have to get divorced anyways, even if she wasn't t- taken into captivity, so therefore, um, he does not have to, he does not have to redeem her. Um, okay, so Amr Rabbi Nassim, Rabbi Nassim says, Sha'alti as Sumkus, he, he's, he's discussing this dispute between Rebbe and Yeshua, and he says, he asked Sumkus, Kisha Amr Rabbi Yeshua, no sin like Subas of Enopoda, when Rabbi Yeshua said that he, the husband has no obligation to redeem her, well, what exactly was the case? What's the case? Did he first take this oath and only thereafter did she be, was she taken into captivity? Or did he take this oath after his wife was taken into captivity? Meaning, his wife was taken into captivity. He has an obligation to redeem her. And then while she's in captivity, he then takes this oath that I will not get, the husband says, I will not get any benefit from my, my wife can't get any benefit from me, and therefore they have to get divorced. Uh, so what exactly is the case? And Rabbi Yeshua says, once once he takes this oath, so then he has no obligation to redeem her. So Va'amarli, Sumcha says, Lo shamati. I, I don't know. I never heard from Rabbi Yeshua what exactly was the case. Was the case where he took the oath after she was taken into captivity? Was it before? However, it seems very logical. Venir Dvarim, The case would seemingly have to be a case where he took this oath before she was taken into captivity. Why? Because this is a very easy way to get out of an obligation to redeem, for one to get out of the obligation to redeem his wife. If she's taken into captivity, a person could always then go and say, I'm going to take this oath to say that uh, the wife cannot get any benefit from from me, uh, and then uh, we have to get divorced, and I don't have to redeem her. It could it could lead to a lot of harama, uh, an easy way to get out of this obligation. So it must be that the case is where he took this oath before his wife is taken into captivity. So the wants to know, my love, b'madir eshes kohen kamifligi. Aren't we discussing here a case where the husband is a kohen? And therefore, says that in the end of the day, he has an obligation to redeem her because it fits in the language. Because in the end of the day, for a Kohen, even though they're going to get divorced uh, because uh, he took this oath, but they, they have to get divorced anyways because she's taken into captivity, fits the language of the Ksuba that, that uh, the husband says, I will redeem you and you will go home. Rishua says, no. Uh, that's like Rava's idea. Rishua is like Rava that um, there is the only time that he has to redeem her is when it has to do with the captivity. But if it's because he took an oath, so then there is no obligation to redeem her. So shouldn't we make the two opinions parallel? So the Gemara says no. First, the Gemara says no for one reason and rejects it, and then the Gemara says no for a different reason. So let's see the first reason, which is rejected. Lo, Hakam Yaskin could go into Nadra Ihi Vikaim Lahu. Rabbi Lezer Savar who knows an Etzba Ben Shinah, Rabbi Shul Savar he knows Etzba Ben Shinah. So basically, the case is where it's not where he's taking the oath, the husband's taking the oath, it's where the wife took the oath. The wife took an oath saying, I will not get any benefit from my husband. That's what she says. And the husband, uh, he basically has a day to, uh, to, to nullify this, uh, this oath that she took. And he never nullified it. He let it go. So there's a dispute here. Rabbi Lezer says, it's really like it's his oath, and therefore he has an obligation to redeem his wife. Rabbi Yeshua says that in the end of the day, she's the one who took the oath. It's true, the husband didn't, he had the opportunity to nullify it, but he, and he didn't. But in the end of the day, it's her, her oath, and therefore 
she messed herself over, the husband doesn't have to redeem her. That's what the suggestion is. So nothing to do with what we're discussing, really a separate question of what happens if she takes an oath and the husband doesn't, uh, is passive, he doesn't uh, nullify it, uh, is it viewed as his oath, is it viewed as her oath, with the ramifications about whether or not he has an obligation to redeem her. But the Gemara rejects this. The Gemara says, If it's her oath, and she says that, uh, if she says that she cannot get any benefit from her husband, so she does not deserve a ksuba at all. Well, we mentioned that she receives her ksuba, she should not receive her ksuba. This is all on her. She messed herself over. She should not receive the ksuba, and we know that she does receive a ksuba. Vesu. Furthermore, Basically, the second, first question is, she shouldn't receive the Ksuba money at all, uh, because she messed herself over. The second question is, we mentioned before, Rabbi Nassim asked Simchus, when Rabbi Shua says that the husband doesn't have an obligation to redeem her, well, when did this oath take place? Did it take place before captivity, after captivity? If she is the one taking the oath, who cares whether it happened before captivity or after captivity? Even if it happened afterwards, she's messing herself over. It shouldn't, it shouldn't make a difference. It shouldn't have any ramification whatsoever. So because of these two questions, we reject uh, the understanding that this whole argument is about her taking an oath and the husband uh, passively accepting it. So it's not about that. Rather, Elul Olam Da'adra Ihu. Rather, it's his oath. He takes this oath. But Abai and Matarit Sultame, Rabbi Matarit Sultame, Abai and Rabbi could both explain uh, this argument as having nothing to do with Abai and Rabbi's argument. Meaning, there's a different or a slightly different dispute going on, which we explained earlier. But we'll see this inside. Abai and Matarit Sultame, Abai will say as follows. In the following cases, In a case where the Kohen is married to, let's say, somebody who's divorced, everybody agrees, that, according to Abaye at least, that there is an obligation to redeem her, because it fits within the language that uh, I will redeem you, and then you'll go home. If it comes to Yisrael, so then there is no obligation, because the Yisrael has to stay married to her. Where do they, Where is the argument between Rishu and Rabbi Lazar? Kipligi, uh, Sorry, next, another case where everybody agrees. If it's the Kohen who makes this oath, who takes this oath that his wife can't get any benefit, so then he does have an obligation to redeem her because, according to Abaye, it fits the language because they're going to get divorced anyways. The whole argument between Rebbe and Rabbi Shua is the wife of Yisrael. Why? The language for the wife of Yisrael is, we will stay married. Well, according to Rabbi Lazar, he has an obligation to redeem her. Why? Because at the time that they wrote the Ksuba, it's true. They could stay married. Who cares that right now, at the time that she's actually taken into captivity, they cannot stay married. At the time that they wrote the Ksuba, it's a check. They check that box because they could stay married. So therefore, he has an obligation. Rishua says, no, right now, she's taken into captivity, so and they cannot stay married. There is no obligation to redeem her. Rava, what does Rava say? Rava metarets letame amana lekoin gadol mazeres v'nesim l'shal kolam alopli gedino chayv of dosa. When it comes to, um, let's say the some person, the woman who's divorced, marrying a kohen, or Israel married to a mamzer, in all these cases, there is no obligation to uh, redeem her because this is external, according to Rava, to being taken into captivity. Where is their argument about? Keep pleading, but mother, Benish is going. Benish is well. Rebbe Lezer suffered. Azal Basar Meikara. 
Essentially, whether the husband is a Kohen or whether he's Yisrael makes no difference to Rava. Whether it's the husband could be a Kohen, the husband could be Yisrael. In the end of the day, they argue. Why do they argue? Because according to Rav Lezer, at the time that they were married, when they got married, they were allowed to stay together. Even if she was taken into captivity, they could stay married. They could stay married together. So even though he took this oath, it doesn't make a difference. The obligation to redeem her from captivity is based on the status and the situation at the time that they're married. Bishu argues no, that it's not based on when they're married, it's based on the right here, right now. She's in captivity right now. Are they able to stay married? The answer is no. And so therefore, it's for an external reason. It's not because she's taken into captivity, it's because the husband took an oath. And so therefore, uh, according to Bishua, he would not have an obligation to redeem her. Okay, again, this would all be only if he took the oath prior to her taking, being taken into captivity. If he took the oath while she was in captivity, so then that's just uh, trying to find a way to get out of this obligation, and that wouldn't work. Okay, that concludes that Gemara. We are towards the bottom now of Nunbezim and 52a, as we will continue in the Gemara in the next class.